coming up this week on the Course of Life podcast, golf headlines all over, including a snap driver moment for the ages, a winning pick overseas while the PGA Tour is off, and a, a crazy story on the LPGA Tour of a Monday qualifier winner. Plus, we're tuned into more Ted Lasso and a weather update from Georgia, from our co-host, Michael. This week's guest is David Erty, professional golfer who is married to a past guest of the podcast, Kristen from the Kristen Learns Golf account. Uh, fascinating uh, stories from uh, a tour golfer on the road with his wife full-time. A really great conversation with David coming your way. Plus, birthday weekend eating and steak when we always end with food. All of it brought to you by our friends at Desert Fox Golf. We told you time and time again, Desert Fox Golf is great because they make the phone caddy that keeps your phone safe and stable when you're golfing. They make the Swing 8 tumblers to keep your drinks cold and frosty just the way you like them. Plus the cigar holder, towels and merch and accessories for your golf game all over and all over your golf cart. But most importantly, they're great for large scale events. So if you know someone who is having an event or you know of a golf event that's a large scale event where you want to get a bunch of gifts for everyone that's playing in the event and you want to get a nice custom logo on them, then we are the people to help you get a cash referral for letting us know about that event. It's real simple. If you have a large scale golf event, hit us up on Instagram at COL podcast. Again, at C ol podcast just send us a dm with the information surrounding the event and their contact if they book a large-scale order of desert fox products that's right you get a cash referral bonus that's right money in your pocket just for telling us about great golf events that you're probably already playing again so uh, again dm us at col podcast on instagram with all the event info we look forward to hearing about you your event and the way we can get desert fox products at your next event for everyone there interwebs and welcome to course of life we are proud to be presented by our friends at desert fox golf and the live take app i'm michael he's alex and alex the Ryder cup teams are complete the uh captain of europe luke donald selected his final guys to fill out the 12-man roster yep and uh the europeans are looking to defend on european soil they have not lost in europe in 30 years they head to rome now in just a couple weeks to see if they can hold off this young american team what do you what do you think of europe's picks let's start with europe what do you think of this team Okay, a lot of fresh faces on the Europe side that you're going to see. Uh, obviously, led by the the triumvirate of Victor Hovland, Rory McIlroy, John Rahm. Those are going to be the backbone guys for this team. And there's a lot of new and fresh faces. The one who just got it done, and I'm going to shout out myself and my and my pick in my Run Your Pool article, Ludwig Aberg. Mike, yeah. he's never played in a major championship, but he's so hot in his young career that he was selected as a captain's pick. The biggest omission for Europe, Mike, though, had to be Adrian Moronk. He's won three times in the last two years, I believe, on the DP World Tour, and he won the Italian Open at the mm. golf course where the Ryder Cup is going to be played. So that was a big miss by Luke Donald, but overall, you're going to see a lot of fresh blood out there uh, led by those three guys I mentioned earlier. A lot of fresh blood, but Justin Rose, who's uh, almost had as many Ryder Cups as Rory McIlroy, 
but he'll be back out there for his sixth appearance. And there's only three guys on this team who have winning records in the Ryder Cup, and that is Justin Rose, Tommy Fleetwood, Mm. and John Rahm. That makes sense. And yeah, I mean, basically, everyone's trying to shake off 2021 in two different ways. The, mm-hmm. the U.S. is just trying to hammer home more of what they did in 2020 at Whistling Straits because it was such a unanimous, decisive blowout. And Team Europe is just trying to shake off anything that resembles the team or the performance from two years ago and move on in a different direction. That, that, that's yeah. the vibe I was getting from the picks. Yep. I think I think it's going to be a good mix of, uh, of talent going on there. The Europeans always bring... Uh, pretty good games to everything in Rome. They're going to want to defend that and take back after that embarrassment they had at Whistling Straits. So let, let me let me ask you a couple questions as we look at these two teams now. Knee jerk reaction: Who's winning the Ryder Cup? <sighs> Knee jerk. I like Team US on the road. I do by a very close margin. I think it's going to be potentially a Ryder Cup for the ages. That's officially the prediction I'm rolling with the next few weeks is U.S. in an absolute nail-biter that won't look pretty for a long time, I think. I think it's going to be a tooth-and-nail Sunday singles victory um, late in the day on day three. Uh, but I, that's just by the narrowest of margins, Mike. Uh, who, who's to say that a few of these young European guys don't come out hot and have a 3-0 and week and completely uh, turn the tables around uh, for their side as well, too? Again, yeah, just, just by a hair right now, I'm picking Team USA. I'm actually, and because it part part of this may be motivated by the fact that we picked Team Europe two years ago. You remember that? I was wondering uh, if you yeah. did remember that. Yeah, and and I just feel like I look at these teams, I look at Team US, and I I see the guys on the list, and I go like, who's who's the anchor of Team Team US? Is it is it Scotty Scheffler? He can't put a damn. He, yeah, he it's one of those things win. where I think you know, team, Europe has, team Europe has anchors, Mike, but I think yeah. Team U.S. just has a lot of second best guys right, right. now in their roster. I, I actually feel like if I were to pick someone on Team U.S. who I think is the anchor, and I can't believe I'm saying this, it's Brooks Kepka. Wow, I love I that. <laughs> I mean, yeah, and theoretically, head-to-head trot one guy out there. Yeah. I think Brooks versus Rory or Rom or Hovland, right? Yeah, That's, I mean, I feel, I feel like, and and you just said it, Rom, Rom, Rory, or Hovland. I feel like are just gonna, they could just win all their matches during this Ryder Cup. I just love the yeah, word in Ryder Cup season. We're so who, close. Who do I think on Team US could win all their matches? Maybe Brooks Kepka. Maybe <laughs> Ricky Fowler from the clouds. <laughs> <laughs> Man, well, just watch Justin Thomas just surprise us all, and he'll just go out and win. That's everything. the way it works, right? It's the guy with no form that comes <laughs> in and lights it up. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. So we'll keep talking about the Ryder Cup. It's coming up in a couple weeks in Rome, and uh, you know it's going to be exciting. We got a little taste of Team Europe versus Team US this weekend. It was the Walker Cup at St. Andrews. This is, of course, the amateurs playing it out there. And for the fourth straight year, the Americans won. They got a 14.5 to 11.5 win. And Gordon Sargent, number one amateur in the world, he went four, he went a 4-0 on his week. Yeah, Americans reign supreme. Fourth in a row there. Didn't realize they put that streak together in the Walker Cup. But no, nonetheless, I was just more mystified by the fact they nabbed St. Andrews for the venue. Yeah. So shout, shout out to the organizers for that. That was really cool to see the best amateurs in the game, obviously playing at St. Andrews. Old course vibes. Good win for Team USA. And yes, if that that's maybe a little bit of a precursor for what we see in the Ryder Cup, then and so be it. I'm okay with that result. And will we see Gordon Sargent in the next Ryder Cup? 
Yeah, I mean, you always do that game where you you look back and when we're on the Ryder Cup broadcast, we're going to see some throwback Walker Cup photos. I know we saw the one at the Open Championship where Brian Harmon and Tommy Fleetwood were like 16 years old on the Walker Cup team Mm -hmm. back in the day. So we'll definitely be dragging those out in the weeks to come, I'm sure. Yep. I also want to say that I feel like Team America's uh, get up at the Walker Cup, their kit I guess the best way to say it mm. uh, so much better than, than, than I'm sorry, the crap we get during the Ryder cup. I just don't, I just don't like the look we have during the Ryder cup and the Olympics for that matter too. Both of them. I just don't like them. Yeah. You like the, the fit and the sequencing. No, I appreciate yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, check out the, the U S Walker cup team, uh, uh, outfits from the week. I was pretty impressed with those as well. All right. Let's talk LPGA and Monday qualifiers. Yes, a, a, a landmark moment. We love getting into these, Mike, because we love our friend Ryan French, Mr. Monday Q himself. This was a true moment for him and his gang and his fans because it was a Monday Q to Sunday winner on the LPGA, Mike. Another teenage champion. All right, it's pronunciation time. What, what was our champion at the Portland Classics name? Uh, from Thailand, uh, Shanette Wanasayan. Not not bad on the last name. I think I think we need a little bit more roll, a little bit more Shanti, Shante, or something like that. Okay. But uh, regardless, Shante Wanasane was the nineteen-year-old uh, champion. Another nineteen-year-old. Yeah, a lot of young we guns got, we, out there. We got Rose Zhang. We got Alexa Pano. Now we got the Wanasane victory from Monday Q to Sunday victory. Impressive stuff, Mike. Again, Monday qualified, got in one of the last open spots in the field. Teed it up Thursday morning with a chance, just like everyone else in the field, on top at the end on Sunday. That, that's how you complete a week right there, and her life has changed forever now. Great stuff. Crazy. Crazy. Just crazy. All right. We got we to gotta get to this other one because this is unfortunately another lady golf headline that I'm, I'm almost a little bit. I'm almost a little bit saddened to report on, but it was such a disastrous story that people need to hear about it. Yeah, it was the Irish Women's Open, the KM, KPMG Irish Women's Open. Um, and, uh, nothing worse than having this happen on your way to a playoff. Yeah. So what happened was Ann Van Dam was headed to a playoff and you know, the way it works, Mike, is you get a nice little volunteer golf cart shuttle back to the tee to to kind of move things along. So she's getting in the shuttle. Now the shuttle has got to go under the ropes to kind of get her back towards the tee box appropriately. So in order for that to happen, you have to lift the rope up over. And you've seen this many times. If you've ever been to a tournament or a course with ropes or something like that, we have to lift the rope up over and you got to make sure that all the golf bags clear the rope. Yep. Unfortunately, the golf bags did not clear the rope. Van Dam's bag gets snapped by the rope, thrown down off of its holster onto the ground. And then her and the volunteer simultaneously uncover that she had a snap driver and she ended up losing yeah. in a playoff moments after. How, how about that for an all-time F me moment right I, there? I mean, the body language seemed to just be utter defeat when they saw what had happened. But she she just like, I don't know if it was disbelief or anger or shock, but it, it she just looked like she knew it was, it was over at that point. And, and are you ready for this, Mike? Yeah. It gets worse. Oh, are no. you ready for part two? Oh, boy. Earlier in the week... On the way to the tournament, the airline snapped her other driver, so she didn't have a backup. That was her backup, so there was no backup she could have put in play. Usually in this moment, 
you could call to the truck, get your backup driver and put it in place. You didn't have it, had to play with three wood and lost to an Eagle on the next playoff hole. How about that for a double winning? So this wasn't the first driver snap of her week. But it was the most viral one. The the truck didn't have like a stock driver they could give her. <laughs> it was probably one laying around, but I guess she just didn't want to risk it if it wasn't hers or her backup that yeah. she knew she's hit. She's hit those two probably all over and over again on the range. Uh, but regardless, un- unbelievably, I, I hate to snicker. She's a successful women's pro, so we can we can laugh about it in the end. Ann Van Dam is going to get more wins. She's going to get more opportunities out there. But just an unbelievably bad break. Not one, but two driver snaps. Crazy. Crazy. Ireland, uh, th- where they were playing in Ireland was a pretty pretty incredible spot. I don't know if you saw the castle, at Drummond Castle, where they were. Just, just incredible. And, of course, the Irish men play their version of the Irish Open this week. Also a beautiful course at the K-Club. Um, just we played there just like a month ago, like a month ago. It was like a month ago, Alex, that we were there. It's yeah, just, Horizon Irish Open Media Day, where yeah. we actually got to play this course, where the DP World Tours Horizon Irish Open yeah. is being held this week. We we played the course. Uh, we don't yeah. get to say that very often. In fact, so we sitting in front of me, it has been since we came back. Is a mm. Strixon with the K Club logo stamped on it that we got when we were there. We it's kept one. just sitting there nice in work. front of me. I just swiped it off the table. Didn't didn't you swipe one off the table? They were all sitting there. It's like okay. I gotta say, Mike, <laughs> this is what I will say shamelessly. There were unbelievable freebies at the K Club all day. There was all day, just left and right. We got just the towels, <laughs> uh, poker chips, hats, a great snack bar, fantastic snack bar setup. Just phenomenal. so we've been completely yeah. bought to tell you that the Irish <laughs> Open is this week, but it's going to be a great watch on the Golf Channel because the field's phenomenal. I don't know if you checked it out, but it's obviously led by Rory McIlroy. Um, I'm not seeing our boy Seamus Power on there, so I'm going to have to double check if he did make the final field or if he's got some issues playing this week. But regardless, Irishman Seamus Shane Lowry is in the field, Padraig Harrington, Minwoo Lee, Billy Horschel. Um, all sorts of good names. Adrian Moronk should be out for revenge after not getting that Ryder Cup pick. And again, this K-Club track, Mike, you saw it. It should be an absolute brute. The rough, if it's still growing from when we saw it a month and a month and a half ago, how how thick is it going to be now, right? It's going to be a jungle. I mean, it already was a jungle. (laughs) Now it's like, I don't, I don't even know. It's, it was brutal. It was, it was, and you went in the rough, you were two shot, you lost two shots. So there it is, Mike. You got to do the Instagram story with "Welcome to the Jungle" as the music. Oh, you just man. you just made the there content right there. All I love right. it. There so it is. Um, you you can check out at Col Podcast and our socials for some of our struggle. Uh, we'll repost some of our K Club struggle just so you can see how crazy it was. Maybe I'll throw that snack shack up there again so that people yeah. can see what it looks like behind the 18th green. But it's Irish Open week again. Full Golf Channel broadcast. Check the archives for our interviews, not only with the tournament officials throughout our trip. We talked with Seamus Power there about the history of the tournament. Uh, really great tournament. Really excited to see how the K Club looks, Mike. And that 18th hole is going to be a great finish. I don't know. What, what are we thinking golf wise? Do we think Rory's going to be part of the finish? He seems a little bit hampered by an injury a couple weeks ago, but he's a crazy big favorite heading into this week. I mean, I don't know if he's healthy, then maybe. But also, if I'm him, I don't want to overdo it. I want to win a Ryder Cup. I don't want to win another Irish Open. Mm, man, I don't I'm know. National saying. Open, man. Hint the. I know. Uh, so it's going to be interesting yeah. to see. I'm, I'm, I'm personally going to find ways to pick away from Rory McIlroy. You can check out my full preview at runyourpool.com and at Splash Sports as well. Um, but 
it's going to be an interesting watch this week. Coffee in the DP World Tour all this week from Thursday to Sunday. Great way to get the the uh, football calendar season going as well, too. Golf mm-hmm. in the morning, football in the afternoon. There you go. Let's switch over to Tuned In, where we share what we're tuning into outside of the world of sports. The uh, the hurricane and tropical storm that rolled through Idalia last week. Yep. How'd uh, you do? I, I did perfectly fine here. Okay, it was, good. It was just fine. But with the 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 one thing that um, if there is an upside to a hurricane, it's that what follows a hurricane is beautiful weather, and mm, that's exactly what we got. The weekend was gorgeous. It was dry. It was in the mid eighties. There was a light breeze. Beautiful. It was great to go back downtown for a while, walk around, not be sweating all the time, and just looking for a store to jump into. And enjoy the squares and the giant oak trees overhanging everything. It's just Savannah when it's nice out is just, just for lack of a better term, and to make myself sound old, it's the bee's knees. No, you're ma- you're making me feel <laughs> it right now because it's we're still not there in Austin. We're mm. still 100 degrees every day, so I'm I'm very jealous hearing that. And and it is that when that football season hits and it's that get outside weather post Labor Day here, like it's just it's everything that you want it to be, especially yeah. when you've got nice dry 80 degree days. So uh, I'll be finding a little bit of that when I visit Illinois in a couple weeks. But uh, until then, just grinding through the heat. So shout out to you for enjoying that. And yes, if there's any upside to, to the back end of a hurricane, it's, it's what follows in the sky. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Yeah. Love it. Uh, yeah. Outside sports, I'm tuned into Ted Lasso. Like I said, a mm. few weeks ago, I finally got it going. The long overdue watch party for me and my wife. Uh, we are on to season three, Mike. We're enjoying it. Obviously loving all the feel good vibes and the emotions that Ted Lasso brings every single week. Positive vibes all around, uh, and especially from Zava, Mike. We are fully entrenched in the Zava era for AFC Richmond, and um, he's wacky. He's a superstar, but just like in sports, and they depict this very well. Sometimes, you know, these superstars they're a little quirky, but if they deliver the goods in the end, that's all that matters, right? Yep, exactly. I, I have not started season three yet, so no spoilers. No so no spoilers there, but you're going to love Zava. He's yeah. he's everything that you love in a modern day superstar. He's quirky. He's weird. He's all over the place. But in the end, he is a leader. So season three has been fun. I'm looking forward to finishing up the action. I suggest you do so as well. But uh, Ted Lasso been a been a good nightly watch for the family here. All right, let's get into this week's guest. Alex, we've had several spouse duos on the show uh, during our Rather long run at this point, I think it's fair to say. We've been doing this for a while now. Well, we're coming up on a little five-year anniversary, my oh, friend. Oh, man. Uh, but this week's guest, he's a pro yeah. golfer whose wife got him into the content game. Yes, that's right. Of course. You know, isn't that the way it works? You know, wife's on the road with you. You know, she's putting the content together. She needs the help of a pro golfer who's also her coach. And uh, since they're on the road, they put some really funny videos, TikTok reels and content together. I'm talking about David Erty, professional golfer, grinding out there in the mini tour circuit. Uh, loved hearing his story and the husband perspective of a husband-wife golf content duo as well. We'll get to that conversation with David in just a moment. But first, let's talk to you about the Live Take app. This is where sports debates are solved once and for all. It's where Alex and I go every week to pick a topic, whether it's in golf or something else, and to debate it out. And uh, this past week, you know, we've been doing a little Ryder Cup theme, and we talked about whether the Ryder Cup team picks were good or not. Yep. 
And it's starting to even out, Alex. I don't know if you've seen this. It's only 58% are saying that you're right, that it's good. And 42% are with me, that the picks were horrible. So... Yeah, it's that we'll classic sports logic with the Ryder Cup picks, like I said. And this is what we said in the take, but you can hear the full one on the app is that, you know, I'm going with guys that are that got it done before, kind of same old, same old, bring back the old bunch one more time. You might be looking for some more fresh blood. So listen, check out the live take app and, and, and vote and let your voice be heard as well and let us know which side you're on. And you can find us on the live take app. I'm COL Podcast. Michael, he's COL Podcast. Alex, you can challenge us to a live take as well and we'll debate you on there. You can vote on the ones we have up there every week as well. Download it on your app store today. Live take. Let your take be heard. Next up on the tee, he's a professional golfer that's played in the U.S. Open, and now he's traveling the country with his wife, Kristen, who we featured on The Course of Life previously. It's David Erty joining us here on The Course of Life. David, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing fantastic. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Yeah. So just to refresh everyone, or if you're new to the podcast, we had Kristen, who runs the Kristen Learns Golf account on Instagram on here last year. Now we're getting the other half's perspective. She talked about being the wife of a pro golfer and having her husband be her coach. So it's good to have your perspective joining the show now. I'm curious, what what's life like on the road full time with your spouse these days? Uh, life is fantastic. We actually, it's three of us right now. It's me, Kristen, and our little Pomeranian Gus. So that's he's, right, he's Gus. Can't forget Gus. <laughs> yeah, Gus is—he's the real star of this of this group. Nice, very cool. I'm curious. Um, that that divide obviously is what people want to know about the the life of being a husband, but also a golf coach to uh, to Kristen. How do you how do you guys do a good job of towing that line? It seems like you have a lot of fun with it. Well, yeah, we do have a lot of fun and, and, you know, we've had a lot of experience with it now, uh, at least two or three years. And, um, I I don't know if she's mentioned it's, it's, it's not a touchy subject, but she has found another coach also. So we're, we're, she's being co-coached by a wonderful instructor in Cincinnati. Um, uh, I'm I'm blanking on her name, but, uh, former LPGA tour golfer, Victoria, I want to say Victoria Elizabeth. That's right. Yeah, I've heard about her and yeah. definitely seen her, her content before as well, too. I know she played professionally. Um, that's cool. She's branching out. So she's basically adding to her team, it sounds like at this point. She's adding to her team. Exactly. Yeah. And we, <laughs> we, we discovered whenever I have to go on my, my long four or five week road trips that she, she needs tune ups just like I do. So uh, she had to find someone when we were in Cincinnati and, and they hit it off. And, and Victoria's, she's got a very sharp eye for the game. It's helped Kristen a lot. Very cool. So let's talk about kind of your current travel plans as it pertains to your career. What does week to week look like um, for those who are wondering what that journey looks like for you? And and talk a little bit about the events that you're currently playing and have played in this year. Week to week, it it changes a lot. Um, uh, Me, I do not have any status on any major tours right now. So I'm kind of on the mini tour circuit, which is it can be a little bit crazy at times. Um, right now, it's it's slowed down a little bit before Q school. So I'm going to be doing Corn Ferry Q school uh, next month. So we got down to Orlando a little early. Uh, right now, it's just tuning up the game, playing a lot of games with friends down here. But early in the year, it was it was really just on the road for pretty much all of March through 
through the end of July, really, it was, uh, there's, there's quite a few tournaments in the Midwest. We were stationed in Cincinnati for a while, but, uh, from May through July, really, I was, I was pretty much on the road every week, uh, maybe home for a couple of days, but yeah, that's just kind of how it is, is just pack up your car and go from tournament to tournament and, you know, try to make a little bit of money and keep your game sharp and play in as many Monday qualifiers as you can and hopefully get through and change your life. Yeah, that's that's a it's a fierce animal, but we've seen and, and heard and documented being tamed a lot from from people that have come on the show as well, too. So that that Monday qualifying process we've highlighted a little bit with past pros. But talk to me about how that works from your perspective when you're going in to these courses. Do, do you have any level of familiarity with the the courses and, and how do you kind of, you know, quick study as quickly as you can before you're going into these one round tournaments to try and, like you said, change your career? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really a type of golf that you have to embrace. You know, you're going to play very aggressively, which is a lot of fun. And in a sense, you know, it's, you don't have to be as strategic. You kind of just get to, to look at pins and hit at pins and, and, you know, putt aggressively from 15, 20 feet and just try to make everything that day. Um, yeah, you, you really just have to embrace it and, it can, it can feel overwhelming at times knowing that you, you pretty much have to go out and shoot 64, 63 if you want to have a chance to get through, but it's also a lot of fun and there's no pressure like that. Uh, it's very different than a four round tournament pressure. I mean, obviously if you, if you have a chance to win a tournament coming down the stretch, the last nine holes, that's a lot of fun too. But, uh, you know, I, I got close a couple times this year so far and those last three or four holes, it's intense. It's fun. It is. And you're knocking on the door. It's going to happen for you for sure. We had a pro by the name of Jake Card on the, in the past on the podcast, and he was in a very similar position to you. And all of a sudden, a few Mondays and a few good weeks can turn into a whole lot more pretty fast. Um, one win I do want to highlight this year for you, which was a good highlight of yours, uh, was the Lake County Open win earlier this year, which you showed us off on, on social media. Uh, it's David Erty Golf for those who aren't following on Instagram. Tell me, when you're having a winning week like that, um, that feeling has got to be second to none. What, what was going for particularly well for you with your game that week? Uh, you know, it was, it was a strange tournament, you know, it wasn't a big tournament. It was a small mini tour event down in Florida, but it had a great field. There were some really nice players in it. Um, strangely, and this has happened in my past, I was actually sick that week. So, uh, mm, flu game. Interesting. yeah, yeah. That's, that's happened to me a couple of times. That happened to me in college. I won a big tournament while I was sick, but, uh, you know, I'm sure that that kind of took my mind off things a little bit, just kind of just got into my process and was really just trying to stay upright out there. <laughs> and uh, coming down the stretch, I, I really had no idea that I was I was in contention. I thought a couple of guys had run away with it, but I birdied a couple holes late, found out that I was going to get into a playoff and, um, you know, just made a par on the first playoff hole. And, and fortunately, the guy I was playing with made a mistake and and that was that. Hey Amen. You put yourself in the position. That's that's good enough to win in, in a lot of scenarios. So congrats on the win again. It was cool to see. Unfortunately, I noticed you didn't get to keep the big check a la Happy Gilmore. <laughs> that was a mistake on your part. I hope you're going to yeah. make sure you rectify that and keep the big check next time you have a win like that. Yeah, yeah. I definitely want to keep the big check. That's I, I've just I've got that fantasy of throwing it in my in my back seat and heading to yes. the next tournament. Yeah, I hate to be a little stern with you, but you you got you got to lock that in up the, for the next win, okay? So make sure you walk away with that thing. I will, absolutely. <laughs> 
So tell me, tell me kind of what the plan is now for you as it pertains to, you know, uh, obviously it's going to start with, with Q school coming up here for you and, and your tournaments ahead. What is, what are the next few months, the next 12 months look like from a, a tournament kind of game plan perspective for you? Well, everything hinges on Q school. So a lot of guys right now are prepping for corn Ferry Q school, which there is the added element of, I think there are five spots for the top five finishers. They'll get PGA status. So my first stage, which is uh, the pre-qualifying stage, is going to be September 20th to the 23rd at a course that I've played quite a bit in Georgia, Brunswick Country Club. Okay, um, I've good. had some success out there. So I'm really just kind of looking at my game, looking at the areas that need a little bit of improvement and looking ahead to the golf courses that I'm going to be playing and, and trying to strategize like what parts of my game do I want to be sharp for this type of golf course? You know, what kind of shots am I going to be having to hit out there and and just tune it in that direction? And that's how I like to prepare. Uh, the other way I like to prepare is just to play as much competition as possible, whether it's, you know, uh, uh, 10 guys going out, putting some money in a hat and, and, and just trying to shoot a low score or trying to find some tournaments down in Florida in the meantime. So just play, play, play is, is how I like to prepare. What's that money game vibe like in the or the Orlando area there? You know, how, how does that kind of keep you competitive? And what, what type of formats do you like to do with other players down there? Oh, it's fantastic. Uh, there's there's a, a pretty strong contingent and more guys will be coming as, as the, the winter months come. But uh, there's pretty regular games around here. And it's just a lot of guys will just do low pro and maybe a skins game attached to it with some some other amateurs and stuff that'll show up. But um, yeah, a lot of former former PGA Tour guys, some guys that have status on Corn Ferry, and then other mini tour guys like me, and yeah, we just kind of sharpen each other's teeth and and try to try to get a little competition in between tournaments. Love it. Again, it's David Erdy joining us. David Erdy Golf on Instagram. If you want to follow along his mini tour journey, quest to the PGA Tour. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the content that you do with your wife, Kristen, who we previously had on the podcast in 2022. You guys have done some notable trick shots and trick shot attempts as well, too. I'm curious, what, what's the absolute longest you've spent trying to complete one of those trick shots? Because I know they can oh, be a devil at times. Yeah, that's a good question. We haven't done a trick shot in a while. Um, and, and I think it's because there's, there's some people out there that do amazing trick shots and yeah. we have had those, those evenings where it's like, but those are kind of the best, the best evenings whenever you fail a trick shot and you just spend like six hours out there just because by the end of it, you're just laughing so hard at yourself. Um, I remember we tried to do one where I was going to kind of flop shot, hit a flop shot up in the air, and then she was going to run in and hit it. Or maybe it was vice versa, something like that. But we probably tried for about four or five hours on that one and just no dice at all. But it was that might have been the most fun we had. We were just laughing so hard out there. Definitely. It's a fun way to just shake up things, especially when you're practicing and grinding out there too. I, I enjoy That's watching fun. it. Um, the one thing I do enjoy watching as well between you and Kristen is the the clips where you're you're dubbing in uh, movie lines and lines from TV shows and, and pertaining them to the golf world. Um, I'm going to take a wild guess and say Kristen is the director and producer on those. Uh, how's your acting background these days since you've been doing those? Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, she is she's the mastermind behind all of it. I actually <laughs> did take some acting classes in college and I really enjoyed it. Nice. But uh it's not what I was born to do, we'll just say that. 
<laughs> nice. Um, and I know it, it probably gets a little bit competitive at times. Tell me about the, the head-to-head matches out there. What do they look like? I, I heard that Kristen may have gotten the better of you once, but I don't know if it's really happened since then. How, how, what's the competition level between you and Kristen out there these days? It's, it's evolved. And, you know, it started out as kind of friendly putting competitions until she did finally beat me once. And mm, then that, you yep. know, that was a pretty quiet car ride home. Um, but now that she's gotten pretty good, we, we actually played the other day at our course that we play at down here. And the game that we've come up with is that I give her a shot and a half per hole and we'll do match play. And she actually kicked my butt the other day and I played well. I made, I made four or five birdies and, uh, she, she, she beat me. I think she beat me two up, uh, on the last hole. So. Yeah, it was pretty impressive, and uh, we might we might have to drop her down to one shot per hole because that half I a think shot so, is yeah. very big. Yeah, I like the half shot move too. It kind of makes the putting a lot more competitive. I feel like there's a lot oh, of yeah. make or miss or, or win or lose the whole putts when you do the shot and a half. That's a good little, exactly, little method exactly. for anyone out there who likes to wager on the course too. Yeah, half a shot makes makes match play games so much more fun. Love it. Um, David, let's get to some quick rapid fire questions here. These are pretty easy to answer for you. Just the first thing that comes to your mind. Uh, you're a team Callaway guy. What's your favorite club in the bag right now? Oh gosh, that's tough. I'm going to go putter. I'm going to go putter. I got it. What, which is actually it's, it's yeah, it's Odyssey. It's my Odyssey Toulon nice. San Diego blade. It's just beautiful. I got fitted for it last year. I, I love that thing. Uh, I know you practice in all elements and conditions and wherever you can find balls and range, but would you, pr- would you prefer to practice in that, that Midwest cold when it's like 35 degrees or, or where I'm currently situated in Texas right now where it's 105 degrees? What would you prefer? You know, I, I actually have, I, I have a soft spot in my heart for the cold and um, my, my coach, Mike Wolf and I, we talk about back in 2013, we revamped my golf swing one winter and we spent like five or six days a week in Southern Indiana in the freezing cold. Every day we were out there just busting balls in 30 degree weather, snowing, you know, just, it didn't matter. And it's, it's kind of, it's a nostalgic memory and, and the, the amount of hours that we spent out there kind of increase every year. Every time we tell the story, it gets longer and longer and it gets colder and colder. So I have a fond memory for those those cold days, but you have to embrace the hot weather just because that's where all the golfers are. So now mm. it's the hot weather. Back in the day, it was it was the freezing cold. Love it, digging it out of the snow. There what were those. Was it that range where you had the fancy barn over your head with the heating lamp, or was this just straight outdoors in Indiana? Hell no, man. It was it was cold. It was we <laughs> we had maybe a roof over our head, but that was before we put in the uh, fitting center. That was at Tea Time Golf Complex, and Mike Wolf and I were out there shagging our own balls. I mean, it was ice on the ground. It was so much fun. Shout out Tea Time. I love it. Um, and your major, I mentioned at the top, that was the the U.S. Open 2009, correct? 2009. Yeah. Long Beth time Page ago. Black. Am I am I right on that one? Beth Page Black. That's right. Tell me about your, your walking on the range moment. Who did you maybe see to your left, your right when you first got that week going that like told you like, wow, I'm I'm actually here right now. I parked myself right behind Tiger Woods. That was like, I was dead set on like, I'm going to hit balls right next to Tiger Woods, which I think probably every, every college golfer that qualifies for a U.S. Open, that's kind of in my age range, did the same thing. 
I think Ricky Fowler was at that U.S. Open too. He was kind of the big name. So I, I think I probably hit next to him. He was the, obviously the only guy that I knew out there. He probably didn't know who I was. But uh, yeah, I was just following, I was following Tiger Shadow around that, that whole week. It was cool. Well played, man, because you get that story forever. That that oh, lasts yeah. forever. Good, good choice. <laughs> um, yeah. I'm curious. Uh, you mentioned him as well. How how is Gus doing? When I interviewed Kristen last year, she said that Gus wasn't having the greatest time out on the course. Has he warmed <laughs> up to golf or golf content at all in the last year? No, no. Uh, well, you know, <laughs> as as long as the content can be at our house under our our supervision and control, he's. He he was brought up with a uh, with a lab that loves to play fetch, so he adopted that that attitude. And anytime he sees a golf ball, he thinks it's time for fetch, so he just goes mm. crazy. So you start your yeah. backswing, and he's just barking, barking, barking. So we got to keep him away from the golf course, sadly. <laughs> All right, Gus, Gus lives on at home. That's no problem. We'll see him he on does, the road for yeah. sure. And let's get to our nineteenth hole question. Um, we'll answer it. We'll ask it in two parts. First, um, let's start with your favorite nineteenth hole meal and drink when you get into the clubhouse. What's your favorite thing to order? Man, that's a good question. Um. I know this is kind of a basic answer, but if you can get a really good hot dog, I mean, just like an excellent hot dog, because there's a lot of bad golf course hot dogs out there. But when you have a great one, that's that's fantastic. And maybe maybe just like a, a really ice cold yingling, like a just a, you know, just a hot dog and a beer is perfect. That's a classic combo. And it's a segue. I didn't prepare you for this at all, but it's as if you're reading my notes right now, because your wife's answer was Skittles and a Powerade, but then she reflected on how you'd had a bad run on golf course hot dogs. So has that changed recently? Have you found some good golf course hot dogs recently? Well, sadly, my my hot dog eating days are probably in my past. You know, I I, I try to keep the diet very clean. Um, good for you. When was the last <laughs> hot dog? That, you know, at our course in Cincinnati, they had a pretty good hot dog that I had there. Um, that was, but you know, I try not to eat them too much because you, you typically don't want to practice after you eat a hot dog. Mm, yeah, fair enough. So send all the hot dog suggestions, uh, at golf courses to Kristen instead of you then got it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Hey, David, thank you so much for hopping on and giving us perspective of life on the road and, uh, appreciate you talking to our audience through the lens of professional golfer. Best of luck with everything the rest of 2023 and the years ahead and looking forward to uh, seeing you in more tournaments. All right. Yeah, thanks, Alex. Appreciate you having me. Course of Life podcast is brought to you by Zencaster. We've been using Zencaster since the very beginning of this podcast, just about five years ago at this point, and we love it. Uh, it records everything in a really nice, high quality, which makes it great to make high quality podcasts for us to share with you. And it's uh, even when we have network issues on our own, the audio is still there and it's nice and high quality. It's super easy to record a podcast with Zencaster. You log in using your browser and start recording a high-quality podcast right away. You record studio-quality sound and even up to 4K video with your guests. You feel a sense of zen knowing that Zencaster's multi-layered backups ensure you always have your recordings in the highest quality, even if the connection is unstable.
And if you ever wondered what you actually sound like, Zencaster's post-production process makes you sound buttery smooth. It automatically removes those ums and ahs in your recording. It removes those awkward pauses in conversation, too. You can set the right podcast loudness and levels while reducing background noise with the click of a button. So head on over to Zencaster.com slash pricing and use our promo code course of life to get 30% off your first month of any Zencaster paid plan. If you want to have the same easy experiences that we do for all of our podcasting and content needs, it's super easy. Again, that's Zencaster.com slash pricing and our promo code is course of life. Zencaster, it's time to share your story. We're back. Great chat there with David. You know, with that acting background comes through in what he's doing. It makes so much <laughs> yes, more that's sense. That's right. <laughs> I, I wouldn't have pegged a mini tour pro to have an acting background ready just in case the husband, wife, TikTok, Instagram career takes off. But here we are, right? And uh, I mean, like we've mentioned before with these stories, these mini tour grinders, we've seen it with guys that we've had on who have gone from no status to status out there on the Corn Ferry Tour. It can happen very quick. So David just needs one of those magical uh, qualifiers to get him into an event. The rest could be history. So we'll be on uh, David's team for sure. Be sure to follow along at David Erty Golf on Instagram as well. And you can follow along with us too on Instagram and threads, COL Podcast. He's yes. Course of Life Alex. I'm M-W-R-I-N-C. We're on Twitter or X or whatever the heck it's called now. He's Course of Life One. I'm M-W-R-I-N-C. We're on YouTube as well. The link for that is down below in the description of uh, the podcast that you're listening to right now. So you can see all the videos of our time in Ireland plus everything else there. You could be listening to the podcast on YouTube as well if that's something that you like to do. We're on Spotify, Apple, iHeartRadio. Make sure you punch that subscribe button on those podcast apps that you're using us on and uh, leaving us a rating, a few stars, um, you know, we, and uh, just remember that we, we always want more. We need more. That's right. That's why we're here every week is because we're kind of very greedy and extremely egotistical deep down. So any sort of um, positive or negative feedback that you give us is just encouragement for us to keep talking. You know who probably needs a lot of positive encouragement is the Oregon Duck. Because he did what, like 570 push-ups this weekend? <laughs> yes, I know. Yeah, I mean, that's a tough ritual when you know you're signing up for that mascot gig. Oh, by the way, you got to hit, get, get, drop on the floor and give me a touchdown worth every time they hit the end zone. This team frequents the end zone a lot. Yeah. So, well, I mean, it'd be um, one that, thing that could be an issue. It'd be one thing if you're just doing seven push ups for every touchdown, but it's the number of push ups equal to the score right. every score 14, 21, so, 28. The team runs the score up fast. I mean, yeah. yeah. So, 81 points on the board. I mean, give that guy the rest of the season off because that's just crazy. <laughs> that's like a Gary player workout and like what he does in the morning. Yep. I love that. Yeah, shout out to the Ducks. Crazy college football start. Week one happened. I was betting games all over the place from Thursday to Monday, and it was a complete wash in the end. Went 7-7 seven and seven overall. Had a lot of fun doing it, but obviously we got to get to the week one highlight which was Coach Prime, yeah. Deion Sanders, the stunning debut win in Fort Worth against TCU. Just a, a really, really impressive debut win for Coach Prime. So is TCU overrated? Is Colorado of underrated? A wee bit. Or is this just luck of the Irish sort of thing going on? It's just on? a little bit of both. And 
Vegas got the wrong the line terribly wrong. So if you were following my picks on runyourpool.com, you knew from the get-go Colorado was not a 21-point underdog in this game. So that was absolutely stealing money betting that game. Uh, and that was definitely the highlight for, for those following my picks at home. Um, but it should be an interesting ride. Decent start. We kind of shook the shook the cobwebs off, got the rust off. We're dialed in for week two. And, and the highlight on the college scene, Mike, big matchup, game day matchup. My Texas Longhorns head into Tuscaloosa to play Alabama this Saturday. I can't wait to see Alabama stormed by uh, Texas fans. <laughs> yeah, I think there's going to be a lot of them there. I actually read, I think they installed a couple airlines, installed some special extra flights from Austin to Tuscaloosa this mm. week. So it should be a pretty orange crowd there, despite the Crimson Tide fan base. Uh, should be a great matchup, and that'll be headlining week two. So again, check out all my college and uh, NFL picks for that matter uh, on MurnewPool.com. Speaking of the NFL, uh, it's it's here. It's time. It's, uh, it's September, so that means it's uh, football season on all Man, fronts. Man, it feels good to say. Football happening on every day of the week, pretty much. So uh, let's get early, early thoughts here. Your Patriots start up against the Eagles. What are you thinking? I mean, not not the not the softest landing for, for the Patriots <laughs> in Week One, uh, defending NFC champions. Interesting matchup. Currently three three and a half point underdogs. And uh, don't forget, Mike. It's Tom Brady Day. So we're, we're mm. welcoming Tommy back. We're doing the halftime ceremony and all that. So a lot of pageantry going on at Gillette this upcoming week. But regardless, uh, we're going to be seeing uh, Jalen Hurts probably run down the throats of the Patriots defense. Where we got to see what this new look Patriots offense looks like. Um, I'm in the same spot as I was in last year, like eight, maybe nine wins for this team. I didn't foresee week one being one of those wins, uh, but I'll cautiously say that we could cover the spread and maybe keep it close this week. Okay. Uh, I feel like my Giants have a slightly better chance of winning uh, than your Patriots do when we face off with the Cowboys Sunday night. Yeah. Uh, But just just barely because the Giants suck. So, yeah. It's that typical Giants Cowboys Sunday night football start in week one. Mm-hmm. I swear to God, you guys do this every year. Pretty but much. You're in that usual time slot. Back with Jan- Daniel Jones, Saquon resigns. Here we go again. Year two, Brian Day Bowl. I mean, I there are there are finally for the first time maybe the history of this podcast some actual tangible expectations for your football <laughs> team and the Giants this year. That's a first in the history of this podcast. Yeah, you know, it's uh, I don't know. I don't know because I, I don't pay attention because I, I honestly am the biggest bandwagon Giants fan you'll probably find. Yeah, I don't know. It's just it, is it it doesn't feel like there's another 10 wins in the cards this year, but we'll see if I'm blown away. So regardless, we're getting the NFL action going, red zone back, betting action back, uh, and we'll recap it all next week. All right, let's hashtag always end with food. Yep. Uh, food segment to end every COL podcast. Always end with food on Instagram if you want to follow along for our food adventures. It was birthday eats for me this past weekend. Like I told everyone, I did the gigantic uh, Mexican meal at Dos Salsas, couple margaritas, uh, got a nice big Tex-Mex plate, queso, stuffed jalapenos, fantastic dinner. And then I, I splurged, Mike, and I, I purchased a little football food, and I got for the first time in probably close to a decade some frozen White Castle sliders. Yeah, I saw how, that. How long has it been since you've had those? Uh, I don't think I've ever actually bought frozen White Castle sliders, and I've only had real White Castle sliders once in my life. 
Yeah, so I had the real ones in Vegas last year, and I've had them a few times other than that. But the frozen ones, it's probably been close to a decade on. Um, I actually tried them in the air fryer, which I'd never done before. Mm. They're pretty good. I almost overdid the bun there. It was a nice crispy brown bun, let's put it that way. But uh, tasty in the air fryer. I might just go old school with the microwave, just the, the freshman year college vibes, and just throw them in the microwave next time around. But uh, it was good to splurge and have some White Castle for the birthday as well. You know, if you're really going to do like college vibes, you got to have it with a natty ice, right? Right. Yes. <laughs> you're very right about that. Yes. Yeah. And and just and no and no napkin or plate at all, too. No. That's the other thing straight, I'm thinking of. Straight out of the college. microwave and into your mouth. <laughs> yes. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, you know, I uh, I enjoyed that beautiful weather, and we went out uh, one night. We went to Strange Bird here in Savannah, uh, Latin American barbecue tacos and stuff. Oh wow! Okay. Um, they used to be a food truck, and then they got a permanent location in that's uh, a good sign in an old diner that is owned by SCAD uh, that they went in and and cleaned up. It's gorgeous inside this little place. Uh, I got three great tacos uh, with different meats in it. It was all fantastic. And when you got when you go, you got to get their potatoes, these fried potato wedges with their uh, strange bird sauce, which is just phenomenal. Oh yeah, yeah. I love that sounds great. And we got ice cream from a new ice cream place in town called Doki Doki, um, which is uh, I guess Japanese or New Zealand or something, some Asian word or something. They had gelato and ice cream and mochi. That was very good as well. And then again, enjoying the beautiful weather on Sunday and grilling out. I got great deal on some ribeye steaks uh, and made a little horseradish butter to go on top and grilled up some shishito peppers from the farmer's market. That was a nice plate of food right there. Very well treated there. And yeah, I mean, the state comment is really simple is that I'm just very je- jealous of the state you're in in Georgia. Yeah. It's just, it's not grilling weather here. No. I actually have a, a surplus of charcoals because it's just been that long. Yeah. They're, they're just sitting there ready to go into action. Uh, but it's not that moment for me. So congrats to you for doing a great cook on the ribeye. Uh, I posted the story as well, too, but uh, very impressed with your steak skills. Far superior to mine, I will say. I mean, I don't work in the food industry for nothing. Love it. Putting the experience to the test. Uh, He's Michael. I'm Alex. Thank you again for tuning in. If you've listened this far, be sure to subscribe and like the podcast you just heard. Check out our socials on YouTube for more COL podcast content. Until then, we'll see you next week.